Hey everybody, welcome back to another edition of the First in Orange podcast. This is Denver Post sports writer Kyle Newman, joined by my colleague by telephone, Ryan O'Halloran. Ryan, I know you're uh, double dipping today out of Avs practice, doing a little hockey coverage. We've got a loaded Broncos podcast here today. And uh, at the top of the agenda, still no progress on that CBA. Any insight you can give us into that situation? And and is it going to be resolved anytime soon? Here's my insight, Kyle. It's a debacle. The end. But I'll digress because we have to fill at least a couple minutes of a podcast here. You know, not... Not all this is completely surprising, and I hate to be the guy that always says I'm never surprised, Uh, but, you know, they pushed the deadline out. Okay, the vote was supposed to be through uh, Thursday night. Now it's pushed to Saturday night. Uh, The league year is supposed to start still next Wednesday. Uh, You don't know about the franchise transition tags. You don't know what the cap is going to be. You don't know what the minimum salaries are going to be. So there's still a lot of uncertainty, and, you know, really – this is a byproduct of the owners trying to push this past the finish line before they can start negotiating a new TV deal you know, that, that takes an effect a couple years. So, you know, the owners have the urgency. Um, if I was the players, despite what standout guys have said on Twitter, for the rank and file player, I believe this is a good deal. It's a 10-year CBA. It's actually going to be 11 years because it'll take an effect. So um, the 17-game schedule... Like it or not, it's not going anywhere. If I'm the players, I'm saying, okay, if we say no to this deal, the owners may come back and say, okay, 18 games. Well, that's that's not that's not good either. So uh, I, I think it will pass because there are a lot more players making less than a million than more than they are making more than five million. So obviously, the players' vote still to come. Like you said, the the deadline's been pushed back. Uh, this the 17 game season. Uh, obviously a sticking point for some players, an expanded postseason. And then, of course, there's there's the revenue sharing as well. So lots of things to consider. Um, but like you said, Ryan, can both sides, uh, you know, come together in middle ground? I mean, we've seen no matter what the sport, you know, when the players union and the league uh, try and ratify a new CBA, it can get messy. And it seems to be uh, waiting in that territory right now. Yeah, I mean, right now it's on the end of the diving board, so to speak. I mean, if it, if, it, if the CBA isn't approved by the players, it's going off the board. Uh, you know, I think it makes sense for them to at least, you know, vote for yes now. But, you know, you've seen reports this week about players calling their player up saying, can I change my vote? Well, it just shows you, okay, what was the what was the impetus of them voting yes or no in the first place? I think, I think a lot of players uh, maybe – probably regret not being more informed but I think the other thing this will never be confirmed or anything but you know the stretch this deadline by an extra couple of days to me it's a sign that not, not enough players have voted that they're disappointed in the, in, in the uh, constituency not casting their vote one way or the other so they want to be able to you know give as much time to these guys as possible but uh, it's not it's a, I called it at the beginning a debacle but it's not yet a bleep show and you know, debacles can get worked out. Bleep shows are a lot tougher to clean up. So, but we're not there yet. And in terms of the Broncos, uh, in every other team, they're making plans A, B, C, D, and D, saying, okay, if there is a CBA, if it's the current CBA, uh, if it's the new one, you can only take one player. Okay, that'll be Justin Simmons. But that impacts teams who maybe have two or three good free agents, and they got to let two of those hit the market. So uh, it doesn't affect Justin Simmons as much because he's going to get tagged or have a new deal in place. But what it does impact is, okay, uh, 
which teams are going to be able to use their transition tag, like Dallas on Amari Cooper or Tennessee on Derrick Henry or Ryan Tannehill. So that's the ripple effect around the league. Again, folks, denverpost.com slash Broncos for continued coverage of this CBA negotiation. I'm sure Ryan will be all over it. Uh, again, talking Broncos here on the First and Orange podcast. And uh, moving on to our next subject, Ryan, and that's the guys, the free agents that the Broncos haven't signed. They haven't signed any of their free agent yet, free agents yet. Uh, we mentioned some players voicing against the CBA, uh, the uh, the C- CBA on the table. And one of those guys was Derek Wolf. He called that a terrible deal, but uh, moving past that, he, he also is one of those guys that the Broncos have got to make a decision on Derek Wolf, Chris Harris, Jr. We touched, obviously the, the cornerback situation uh, has changed with the, with the recent tr- trade with Jacksonville. Mike Purcell's a restricted free agent, Shelby Harris, and of course, Connor McGovern uh, centerpiece of that line. So lots of decisions to make, Ryan, and it seems from Derek Wolf's comments to KOA radio yesterday that it's hitting him. Oh, man, I I might be a little too pricey for the Broncos, or or maybe they don't think I got enough left in the tank at at 30. Ultimately, I think that would be the reason why the Broncos move forward without Derek Wolf is they don't feel that he's – uh, the right fit for their defense. Yes, he had a good year last year, but maybe Vic Fangio sees something different and wants to, you know, uh, change his change his scheme and the type of player he has on the defensive line. You know, I said, I said, I said this on the radio last week and maybe in the podcast with a guy like Derek who wants to stay. The longer this stretches out, the more unlikely it is that the, uh, the Broncos want him back. So if he hits the open market, I think it's pretty much over. As for Chris Harris in the AJ Boye trade. Definitely impacts Chris. Uh, I, you know, a very small chance he's back. Shelby Harris, I do not think will be back. Uh, but you know, you, you, Mike Purcell is a restricted free agent. Even if they tender him, I think they're working on maybe a two-year deal that can guarantee the tender, make himself a little money. And but you, all the guys you mentioned, Kyle, I think Connor McGovern is probably shaping up to be most the most important guy because you know you lose your center, then you got to find one. And he had to find a right guard. And they may feel that, okay, McGovern, is he a top 10, top 15 center? Whatever whatever they think, it's probably better, to, easier to keep him than to find a new one, especially with Drew Locke coming into his first four years of starter. So, you know, Mike T. Leaves would be, you know, Chris Harris, no. Shelby Harris, no. Derek Wolf, no. Mike Purcell, yes, on a restricted tender. And Conrad Gover, you know, totally up in the air right now. But, you know, one of the things I've talked to other people in the league about is – you know, Vic in his second year with a team as a coordinator now as a head coach, he really starts to put his stamp on there, gets the guys he feels are good fits. And also from the other standpoint is you got to maybe distance yourself from the Super Bowl team. You know, start over. I mean, Von Miller could be the only Super Bowl starter that's still on his defense when camp opens. So it's a, you know, it's a combination of Vic wanting to add some of his type guys, but also the Broncos moving on some guys they feel maybe are a little too old yeah ryan i'm with you on uh mike purcell and connor mcgovern i think purcell you know he came in starting role week five uh 2019 he really did prove effective as a run stopper so you know i imagine they might bring him back for for that interior help and then connor mcgovern like you said you know you're already losing ron leary uh, obviously you got a ton of picks in the draft so maybe you could plug and play a guy in from the draft like you did with dalton reisner this past season but uh connor mcgovern I think had a decent enough season performance wise and obviously, you know, a leadership, a veteran cog on that line. So I'd be surprised uh, if they did not bring him back again, well, folks. And also, 
and also, and just real quick, Kyle, is, you know, Vic Fangio said to Combine that their first preference is to keep Dalton Reisner at left guard because they do feel he helps Garrett Bowles at left tackle. Okay, you keep Reisner there. Uh, are you comfortable going with a rookie right guard, a rookie center? That's a big ask. Maybe you go with one and then have an open competition amongst, you know, the guys on hand for that right, right guard spot. But, yeah, I think... With, with a quarterback that you feel comfortable with, you got to make sure that line is solidified and it's not a revolving door at one or two positions. Again, folks, denverpost.com slash Broncos for continued coverage of Broncos free agency, both in-house and out-of-house throughout the rest of the offseason. Uh, moving on to the next next subject now, we've talked a lot about the importance of this offseason for the Broncos, Ryan, which is the cap space and also the, the draft picks available. Even when, when trading away one to Jacksonville in the trade, uh, they got now 11 picks after being awarded three compensatory picks. So, I mean, question asks now what further flexibility does this give John Elway to really like you said kind of reshape this roster heading into the next season it gives John Elway a ton of flexibility and he still has those five picks in the top 100 he has a first round a second rounder and three thirds still intact after trading by fourth and Jackson for AJ boy that's why that was a good value deal you know, now he has three compensatory picks a fifth and two sevens and what you know let's split the draft into two parts here First three rounds for the Broncos, final four rounds. And the first three rounds, let's say they trade down from 15 to pick up an extra pick. Well, that gives them flexibility to maybe draft at 25 and 31, so come away with two, two first-rounders. It also gives him a lot of maneuverability in terms of maybe you want to trade one of those thirds to move up in the second round. So, you know, if they can end the first two rounds with, you know, maybe you know, minimum three players, they're doing a nice job. Okay, let's go to day three. You have... You know, you have those picks in the back of the draft. Let's say you really like a guy at the bottom of the sixth round. They'll say, hey, I'll call team A. You say, you want my two sevens? I want to be able to move up. So it gives them a little, that's the kind of flexibility they had last year when they traded two sevens to move up and get Juwan Winfrey. And, you know, one thing that coaches talk about, too, is, you know, you have 11 picks to start the draft. Do you really think 11, 11 rookies are going to make your team? Uh Probably not. So you say, okay, let's let's end the draft with eight picks, and then we can uh, have some undrafted free agents, and you know, those could be practice squad or back of the roster guys. But you now the bottom line is, it's better to go in with a lot of picks than maybe four or five, because you know teams know you have an ability to move back or forward depending on who you want to target. You look at the Broncos' compensation pick history; it's been a little hit and miss. Guys like Maurice Claret on that list. Uh, Max Garcia, Will Parks, Devontae Booker, Justin Simmons, I believe you mentioned that earlier uh, in, back in 2016, but more recently, Chad Kelly, Brendan Langley, and Isaac Yadam. So not hitting in these last few yeah. years, at least. Yeah, you know, and the rules have changed over the last couple of years, Kyle. Like before, for so many years, you could not trade these picks. You're locked into that compensatory thing. Now you can use it as another chip, just like you would one of your own picks. And I'm glad you mentioned Will Parks because I, you know, mistakenly forgot about him earlier in the podcast. I think he's a guy that has a fit on this team. Uh, he can play the nickel. He can play safety. If Big Fangio wants to play more dime as his main sub-package, like Parks fits in there. But it's all about the finances. Is there one or two teams out there that really see Will Parks as a starting every down safety? The Broncos won't be able to match that kind of salary. Again, folks, first in Orange podcast, Kyle Newman alongside Ryan O'Halloran discussing all things Broncos as we always do. And to close the show, we're going to be doing a little current event talk and, of course, uh, coronavirus on 
on everyone's Twitter feeds, brains, etc. And we've already seen Ryan, you know, just before going on this show, uh, Golden State Warriors, they'll be playing in front of an empty arena, uh, Major League Baseball making contingency plans to not play an opening day series in Seattle. Uh, they're looking to move series to, to the visiting ballparks, if at all possible. Definitely looking at the possibility of Major League Baseball, NHL, and NBA all playing in front of empty stadiums or having games postponed or moved. So, uh, you know, the question remains what's going to happen with the sports world. But in terms of the NFL, like if if this was the NFL season, I I would see it very hard to, you know, be having that risk of of 70,000 people coming to the stadium and guys sweating and tackling each other. Just it seems like a lot. Well, I go. I'll go the other way. If this was in the NFL season, the stadiums would be open to fans. Period. Uh, because to me, it's different if you're outdoors. Maybe I'm not outside. That's true. Yeah, inside, inside versus outside. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, but I think the NFL is just thinking it's lucky stars that this is not September, October, November, because then they probably feel like they're pressured into the decision. You know, the Seattle Mariners basically kissing their season goodbye. Boy, they have like 16 April home games if they're not allowed to play at home. But, you know, you talk to, you know, the NFL, okay, are they going to move? The, are they still going to have the draft on Las Vegas? Or is it going to be in a TV studio? Uh, are they still going to have the league meeting in three weeks in Palm Beach, Florida? By all accounts, those are still on. So, I mean, I think the NFL is in a advantageous position right now in the fact that they're not in season and they're not having to make these tough calls. Of course. But, but I mean, it's, uh, it's, I think it's a lot of people, you know, are people overreacting? You know, I think people are with, with closing down schools and colleges and stuff, but, you know, the ripple effect is, you know, the NBA, the, the NBA's realization is, okay, if one of our players gets it, you got to suspend play. That's right. a whole other bubble of wax. So, uh, you know, they're always going to be precaution. But from a Broncos standpoint, uh, will it impact how they bring in players for pre-draft visits uh, will impact the, their local pro day that they have at, usually in the field house so all this all this has a ripple effect for every sports team in Denver we've already seen some local impact here Mayor Hancock canceling the St. Patrick's Day parade uh, which is, that's, that's asinine you're, you're going on the podcast record and saying saying that <laughs> well it's it's, here, here's a, it's a parade people don't have to come it's outside I mean, just have the parade, and if 10 people show up, hey, celebrate, you know? St. Patrick's Day is a very important holiday to us O'Hallorans. That's true. I, I'm talking I to an O'Halloran. I forget that. So I don't like, I don't <laughs> like parades getting canceled. Well, hopefully, uh, hopefully this will sort itself out before our next podcast. Probably not, but um, we'll, we'll hope for the best here so, uh, with coronavirus. Call, will baseball clubhouses be open by Memorial Day? <sighs> I I think that's pretty up in in the air. Um, I mean, because it's it's definitely an indefinite thing at this point. You know, we're we're not sure when we're going to get access to the Rockies again. And I, I'm not down in Arizona right now covering uh, Patrick Saunders, another good Irishman is. But uh, he you know he said it's been tough. You know, requesting players, you got to stay away from them. There's no you know there's no really developing that relationship. Working work in the clubhouse as as you like to call it, Ryan. Yeah. yeah, well, hopefully, uh, like, when the Avalanche and the Nuggets in the playoffs, some things, some arrangements are worked out, and then same with the Rockies, and, you know, and hopefully, like, the Broncos won't have an open locker room until Labor Day weekend anyways, hopefully that's more been solved by that. 
Again, folks, DenverPost.com slash Broncos for continued coverage of the team. Appreciate you listening into the show. This has been Ryan O'Halloran alongside Kyle Newman. And until next time, folks, take it easy.